Well, once again, I hope that you all had a great Thanksgiving. And again, wherever that took you, whatever you got to do, whoever you got to spend that time with. Uh, and I hope that uh, you had some turkey, but hopefully not too much. And I hope that you had a chance to enjoy your Thanksgiving day and holiday, whatever that looked like. I've shared with you in the past that Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday of the entire year. There's lots of pieces of Thanksgiving that I am thankful for that make me enjoy it so much. I'd be curious if we could sit down. I'd love to hear from you. What are your favorite parts of Thanksgiving? Which piece do you love the most? Uh, is it that Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with all of the floats and getting to watch them? I know that for my wife, Jen, and her family, they grew up and that was a tradition they looked forward to every year. Maybe for you, it is the turkey itself, or maybe it's the football, maybe it's the naps, maybe it's the stuffing. Maybe it's something else that we associate with Thanksgiving. In recent years, for me personally, both stuffing and naps have risen on my list of what I love about Thanksgiving. Or is it some other piece, again, to Thanksgiving that you really love and enjoy? It's interesting when we come to Thanksgiving, when we think of all the things that we love and appreciate about it, it's interesting that most of us love all of these other things, but one of the things we often don't mention a whole lot as one of our favorite pieces of Thanksgiving is actually the gift of giving thanks. We often associate all of these other elements with Thanksgiving, but in the very name itself of giving thanks, rarely do we stop, we might do it, but rarely do we stop and say, my favorite thing about Thanksgiving is the chance to really stop and really express gratitude. But maybe in some ways that's not all that surprising. Uh, I know that for me, one of the things that I enjoy at times, I don't get to do it as much. I used to do it a lot more when I was a kid, but I love looking at the different comics. And one of my favorite comic strips is the Family Circus. And I think I like that one because it was just one picture with one caption. So I could easily digest it and move on. I recently saw a couple Family Circus cartoons relating to Thanksgiving that I found amusing. Uh, one was this, the son Billy says to his family at the dinner table, I wish the pilgrims had sent out for pizza on that first Thanksgiving instead of shooting a turkey. And then I saw a second one that said this, where Billy says to his mom, as she is buying a turkey, you know, Thanksgiving should come after Christmas. Then we'd have more things to be thankful for because clearly his mind was already on Thanksgiving or on Christmas and the gifts that they were going to get uh, and not on that Thanksgiving time. Can you even hear it in what Billy in those cartoons is sharing with us? It's not really a sense of gratitude. I mean, he wanted pizza over turkey. He was already looking ahead to Christmas over Thanksgiving because of the presents he was going to get. All of us have that tendency within us, that even in the midst of things to be thankful for, we tend to look beyond or really not be filled with gratitude the way that we could be. Today, we hear a pretty interesting story in Scripture in the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. It's about a story of 10 men with leprosy. Now, Luke tells us this, that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he traveled along between the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, this is a very remote area. It is sparsely populated. It's really out in the middle of nowhere. And then we hear as he's going to this village, 10 men who had leprosy approached him. And in that time, people who had leprosy, they basically hovered in an existence between life and death. 
They weren't dead. I mean, they were physically alive, but they also couldn't really live because they had to stay at a distance from everyone. Uh, so to be clear, we are not the first generation that's had to experience social distancing. These lepers had to experience that clear back in the time of Jesus as well. In ancient times, leprosy was thought to be highly contagious. So people affected with leprosy, they did not experience pain the way the rest of us do. And this is something that we don't often understand in our culture compared to what was happening in the time of Jesus in that culture. But in that time, there were many jobs that were of physical labor. That's what you had to do to survive. But when you have a disease in which you can't really feel pain, Oftentimes, people would get injuries or even cut themselves, but those injuries went unnoticed because they couldn't feel the pain from the injury or the cut. And so what would happen is that over time, their bodies would literally begin to deteriorate, and the law required that somebody who had leprosy, they had to live on the outskirts of the town in specific designated areas. And then, Anytime people came together towards them, they had to be careful to make sure they kept that distance from them. But what would happen is the lepers themselves would form their own communities since they couldn't be in community with anyone else. And so it would come as no surprise to Luke's first century readers that these lepers were eking out an existence in this remote borderland between the predominantly Jewish territory of Galilee and the area inhabited by the Samaritans. In between, in this nowhere kind of space and place, that's where lepers existed. Then Luke continues and he, he says this, the, of these lepers, there were 10, they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice after Jesus and they said, Master, have pity upon us. Now they recognize that it's Jesus, they know him by his reputation, but they call out Master, which is a little bit unusual because that was a term usually reserved for the common followers or the common disciples of Jesus. These 10 lepers were not common followers of Jesus, but they call out to him master anyhow because desperate times call for desperate measures. And he, they realized he was going to be their only hope for some kind of healing based on what they had heard, based on his reputation. Then the text says that when Jesus saw them, Jesus shouted back to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And the implication here that Jesus was offering them was that by the time you go and get there, when you see the priest, you will then find and experience healing. So Jesus says, go. And they went. Now, it didn't make any sense, but because Jesus told them to go, they, they did it. They didn't know of any other way to do it. They couldn't fathom any other ways to go. So they just listened, even though it didn't make sense. But then miraculously, as they went, they were cleansed. They literally walked by faith. Now, that's a phrase that we often throw around at times in our culture, in our time, in the church. And in Christianity, we say to people, you got to walk by faith. Here is an example of literally what it means to walk by faith. But then comes the main twist of the story. And the reason that we're even talking about this here today, we're told that one of them, one of the 10 lepers, when he saw that he was healed, turned and came back to Jesus. One of the 10 came back to say, thank you, which means nine did not. A 10% return is not a very good percentage. 
there's just something within all of us that is not inclined to give thanks much of the time, even when it's so obvious. So Jesus asks, we're not all 10 cleansed, where are the other nine? In the Greek text, it's interesting because the question where is actually at the end of the sentence for emphasis. So in the Greek, it literally reads this way, the nine, where? That question is the lingering thought that we're left with in the way that it's phrased. In other words, where are the other nine? And of course, Jesus is not really expecting an answer. He's just making a stinging observation. Something is missing. Someone is missing. In this case, many are missing to bring to completion what has been occurring. And what is it that's missing? Thanksgiving among a whole group of people is what is absent. As preacher Andy Stanley has said, the other nine have missed the moment. The other nine have missed their opportunity to come and express thanksgiving. So it would appear here that thanksgiving, as important as it is, does not always come naturally to us. Tertullian was one of the first great authors and theologians and defenders of the Christian faith. He was born in 160 AD, and he once famously proclaimed, Christians are made, not born. Meaning, Christian virtues often are not innate in us. When it comes to following Jesus, it often does not come naturally. It must be learned and formed within us. And we see this with any good virtue especially this virtue we are celebrating today, this virtue of thanksgiving. Now, while it's easy to stop on Thanksgiving Day and express gratitude, we should not lull ourselves into thinking that thanksgiving comes naturally to all of us as a way of life. As we see here, nine of the 10 lepers did not come back and give thanks. In that family circus cartoon, for Billy, it was hard to come and give thanks. There is a reason why parents have to always, with their little kids, stop them and ask them and command them to say thank you when somebody does something nice for their kid. And lest we forget, we too are children. We are children of the living God who continue to learn and continue to grow. And we too need to be reminded to stop and to say thank you so that over time we might be formed to be a more thankful people filled with gratitude. More specifically, part of our goal as Jesus followers is to take our normal natural tendencies and to give them to Jesus and to let the Holy Spirit reform us and reform those tendencies in light of the risen Christ. We all know what comes naturally to us. Words like mine or I earned it or I deserve it. Those phrases, those impulses, they come out of us naturally, a focus on me and what I deserve. But when we come here, when we gather together as the body of Christ, as the church, here we have a chance for the grip of our own selfishness to be broken through the reality of expressing thanksgiving and gratitude because we recognize every good thing we have is ultimately as a result of a gift from God. Thanksgiving or gratitude is a powerful, wonderful thing. It is way more than a gesture of politeness on our part. It's an anchor even in the most difficult of times and circumstances. Just how powerful is Thanksgiving? 
Corey Tamboon, whom we've referenced, was a Dutch Christian who helped Jews escape the Nazis during World War II. She was eventually captured and sent to a concentration camp, and yet despite the horrendous conditions and the suffering that she endured, she maintained a wonderful spirit of gratitude in the midst of it all. In the book, The Hiding Place, Corey and her sister Betsy actually give thanks for the fleas that are in their beds because the fleas kept the guards away. That gratitude anchored her and them through the tough times. And after the war, Corey forgave her captors and spent her life sharing her testimony of God's love and forgiveness. It was the gratitude that anchored her through the tough times. Nelson Mandela was the South African leader who spent 27 years in prison, but emerged with a heart full of gratitude. Despite the awful living conditions, Mandela was able to focus on giving thanks where he could. He once even commented in the letters that he wrote that were never sent to his loved ones. He said, although these precious letters do not reach you, I shall nevertheless keep on trying by writing whenever it is possible. If it is a means by passing on to you the warmest love and good wishes, it tends to calm down the shooting pains that hit me whenever I think of you. That is an expression of gratitude that allowed Mandela to live a life devoted to reconciliation and forgiveness, even in the face of great anxiety. As a result, Mandela has left an enduring legacy of hope and unity. It was gratitude that anchored him through the tough times and life's circumstances. Throughout history, countless individuals have acknowledged the power of gratitude. So Meister Eckhart, a Christian theologian, once noted, if the only prayer you ever pray in your entire life is thank you, it will be enough. Melody Beatty, an author, wisely observed, gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Scripture says it this way, Colossians 3, 15 to 17, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Or Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 to 7, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then many of the Psalms are filled with gratitude. Psalm 95.2 says, Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song." The Old and New Testament are filled with multiple references to thanksgiving. The specific term thanksgiving is used 25 times in scripture, depending on the version of scripture that you use. But the term thanks is referred to over 70 times, and the idea of gratitude is referenced in one form or another over 150 times in scripture. Thanksgiving is important. 
It's fascinating when you stop and think about why is it that Thanksgiving is so powerful and so significant? Well, if I were to say to you today, no lie, you can leave today in this moment filled with contentment, joy, and peace. Like you really can do that. You might be tempted to think, yeah, sure. Uh, that sounds great, but that's not really possible. But it is possible. Each of those things, contentment, joy, peace, can be experienced through expressions of gratitude. Thanksgiving lets us be content because we're focused on what we have, not on what others have. Thanksgiving inspires joy because we're focused again on what we have rather than what we do not have. Thanksgiving offers peace because we realize that what we have is a gift provided to us. And if God has provided for us in this moment, we can trust it will be provided in the moments to come. It is not too strong a statement to say that Thanksgiving is a super power because it enables us to see our past, how God is moving, and, and take confidence in how God is moving today and into tomorrow. Not only do thankful people draw strength from gratitude, but they're also able to empower others with the perspective as well. And because of this, giving thanks then is not just that polite response that you give to be kind or to demonstrate proper manners. Instead, it is a powerful force that can actually transform our hearts and the world around us. So that in this way, thanksgiving is a way of life. In this way, giving thanks transcends us and in our circumstances. It becomes a conscious choice to see the goodness of God in every single aspect of our lives. Let me repeat that. Thanksgiving becomes a conscious choice to see the goodness of God in every single aspect of our lives. So in light of that reality today, would you say that you are currently experiencing Thanksgiving in your life? Why? Or why not? As much as I love Thanksgiving Day, the reality of giving thanks as defined in Scripture is really quite different than the holiday of Thanksgiving. If you stop and think about it, Thanksgiving is a day. It's a, it's a meal with all the trimmings. But biblical Thanksgiving, that's a heart condition that we live into. The Thanksgiving holiday happens one day a year. Biblical Thanksgiving goes on and on and on. The Thanksgiving holiday is an event. Biblical Thanksgiving is a regular expression in life, way, be a way of being to live and give praise to God. The Thanksgiving holiday depends often on our own thankfulness. But biblical Thanksgiving is about thankfulness inspired in and around others. The Thanksgiving holiday often happens with us gathered with family and friends, but biblical Thanksgiving happens in the presence of the Almighty. Biblical Thanksgiving is so different than the one-day event of the Thanksgiving holiday. And when we can realize that, it transforms us into a people of gratitude, living into that superpower and sharing gratitude with others. And like the mastering of most holy habits, we cannot instantly become thankful. It takes time, it takes intentionality to habitually practice gratitude in our lives. 
So today, as we contemplate the significance of Thanksgiving, I want to invite us to consider what would allow us to begin to express and live into Thanksgiving on a more regular basis in our lives. What can we actually do to experience that Thanksgiving? One of the things that I would suggest to us is maybe learn to stop multiple times a day just to pause even for a minute and give thanks about what is going on or what God has provided. I invite us to learn to give thanks not based on our circumstances, that we not let circumstances define our level of contentment. I invite us just to pause and look back a little bit and look back and see how God has provided in so many instances in the past. We forget many times how many prayers God has answered. But when we pause and look back, we begin to see God's goodness and faithfulness, which inspires us to give thanks. I invite us to realize and focus on what we do have, not on what we don't have. I invite us to quit comparing because this one is deadly. You may have heard the saying that comparison is the thief of joy. This is so true. We could also say it's the thief of thanksgiving. I invite us to make it a point to thank at least one other person every day for something. And I invite us to perhaps put a significant scripture verse, such as Colossians 3.15, in a place that you will see it regularly. On a bathroom mirror, on a refrigerator, on your nightstand, in your car, wherever it might be. So that on a regular basis, we're hearing these words. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. For me, just reading those words makes me feel more calm, more at peace. If we can begin to commit to even a few of those elements I just lifted up, we can cultivate over time the formation of thanksgiving in our own hearts. But no matter which of these elements you choose, there's one final thing that I want to invite all of us to do when it comes to thanksgiving, and it is this. Do not simply think gratitude, but learn to express gratitude. Because to really experience the power of thanksgiving, we can't just think about it. We can't even just feel it. We need to express it outwardly in some way. We need to take some outward action that expresses the thanksgiving that's going on within us. It's in this expressing of gratitude in that outward manner that not only reinforces a heart of thanksgiving, but also allows others to be impacted by the thanksgiving as well. If we go back to this story of Jesus and the 10 leopards, Jesus asked a question. He said, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? And of course, remember again, Jesus is not really expecting an answer. He's just making an observation. Something is missing. Someone is missing. In this case, nine people are missing, and those nine have missed the moment. They've missed their opportunity to do something significant. And what was it that was significant they could have done to come and offer an outward expression of gratitude to Jesus? And when they fail to do that, the circle never closes. It's never brought to completion. There's an ongoing open-endedness to it that never finds resolution. If you're a parent, you understand what Jesus is getting at here. Or you might remember your own parent told you at some point that when you were a kid and if somebody gave you a gift or gave you money, your parent would be standing there and immediately say to you, now tell them thank you. 
say thank you right there in the moment at that very time. There was an urgency to it, almost like time is running out. Close the circle. Express gratitude before the moment is gone. And that's the point of Jesus here. The other nine had missed the moment. How ungrateful. (laughs) Their, Their entire destiny has been changed. And apart from Jesus and apart from his intervention, they're going to spend the rest of their lives eking out some kind of existence. But now they've been restored to their families and they've been restored to their friends. They could work again. They could worship again. They could enter community again. And where are they? I mean, when we read this story, don't we also want to respond like Jesus and think, where were you guys? Where were the other nine of you? But before we judge too quickly, I imagine that if somebody had confronted those other nine about why they didn't show up, why they did not express their gratitude or why they were not filled with gratitude, I have a feeling most of, if not all of the nine would have said something like, no, 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 we, we are grateful. Our hearts are filled with gratitude. We feel it, what Jesus has done for us. I mean, it seems like the other nine, maybe, maybe they felt it in their hearts. I, I certainly hope they felt it in their hearts. But the problem is, like many of us, they never came back and expressed it. They never expressed it outwardly to Jesus or to anyone else. And so Jesus, like us, was rather baffled. And he asks, has no one returned? Has no one returned to give thanks to God except this foreigner of all people? Only one returner? Which makes me wonder, do we outwardly express our thanksgiving to God as well? And more specifically, how do we express our thanksgiving to God and not just feel it inwardly? Through the years, I've often met with parents and often uh, this relates to men in particular who are super busy and they've got their families and they're always working to a degree and they find themselves alienated from their families, from their wife, from their kids. And I confess to you, I've, I've struggled with this in the past myself. And you know what was shared with me, particularly as I was struggling with some of that reality of, of like being alienated from my kids and my wife and the busyness of life? It was said to me, Matt, you love your kids in your heart, but you don't seem to love your kids on your calendar. And the calendar is what counts. The calendar is what connects. The calendar is what communicates how you feel. And the same goes for all of us when it comes to gratitude. It's the expression of the gratitude. It's the living out, the outwardness of the gratitude that completes the circle, that closes the gap, that that maintains the connection. So I ask you today, how are you living out, expressing thanksgiving and gratitude? beyond just what you feel in here. Today, let's be the one rather than the nine. Let's decide, let's make up our mind to be like the one who went back to Jesus, to thank Jesus, who enabled him to move on. Because as he turned around and as he came back to Jesus, the loop was closed, the gap was filled. He came back and praising Jesus in a loud voice gave thanks to him. There was no more social distancing. He was content and filled and he demonstrated it and he expressed it. May we make that a habit in our lives. 
I invite us today to think about who it is we can go and express our appreciation and our gratitude towards. I pray, first of all, it would be to God, that we would do something outwardly and tangibly to say, thank you, God. But I also invite us today to think about who in our life today we may need to go back to and just explicitly say thank you to them. Just a few weeks ago, a friend of mine that I had clear back in high school many, many years ago reached out to me completely unexpected. We had not been in touch for quite a while. And he sent me a note out of the blue to give thanks for something that I had done years and years and years and years ago in his life. And I am telling you, when I got that message from him, it changed my entire day. It actually changed my entire week. He currently lives in Florida, but he was visiting not too long ago in Pennsylvania. And after sending me that note, he reached out to me and asked about us getting together. And we had a chance to get together one afternoon, and it was wonderful. He did not just think about gratitude. He expressed it outwardly, and that made all the difference. Let's be like that. And let's make it a habit in our lives to express gratitude to the one who has freed us and given us every blessing that we've had. And let's also make it a practice to express that gratitude to those in our lives. Let's choose to close the loop and to give thanks to the one who has blessed us in every single way. Would you pray with me? Lord God, today we confess confess to you that expressing gratitude often does not come naturally to us. So Lord, help us to work at it, help us to be intentional, and help us to outwardly express it to you and to others. God, we come today with truly thankful hearts. We thank you for bringing us from yesterday to today. We thank you for your provision of a roof over our heads and food and a little bit of money. We thank you for family and friends. We thank you for the air that in these moments literally fills our lungs. We thank you for the ability to worship you. We thank you for your unending love and grace. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you for the healing that happens in our lives. Lord God, as we express our gratitude today, help us not just to feel it in our hearts, but to act upon it. And today, Lord, may your peace, the peace of Christ, rule in our hearts so that as members of your body, as we are called to peace, let us be thankful. This we pray in your holy name. Amen.